You are listening to Awaken the Goddess. Join me, Trines, as I interview lightworkers who are bringing their gifts to the world for the upliftment of humanity. Listen to their inspiring stories of courage and dedication to follow their hearts and to manifest their dreams. Welcome to Awaken the Goddess. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode. Our guest today is a prominent children's author and my very best friend, Marilyn Sadler. Marilyn is the creator of the Alistair series of children's books, the PJ Funny Bunny collection, and the creator of Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, of which Disney produced three original movies based on Marilyn's book. She is the creator of Handy Manny, Disney's animated series for children that received critical acclaim and had more than 2 million viewers a week when launched in September of 2006. Marilyn was nominated for an Emmy Award as executive producer of the show Handy Manny. The show was nominated as an outstanding special class animated program. And in 2015, HarperCollins Publishers released a series of math-based detective stories featuring Charlie Piechart by Marilyn and her colleague Eric Cornstock. Marilyn's work has been featured on Reading Rainbow, a PBS program, Showtime Shelley Duvall's Bedtime Stories, and she has had three ABC Weekend special features. To connect with Marilyn, please visit her website at marilynsadler.net. That's M-A-R-I-L-Y-N-S-A-D-L-E-R.net. It gives me great pleasure to share this wonderful lightworker with you. She is a beautiful soul, and I'm so blessed that our paths crossed in this life. We have become more than friends over the years. We have become family. And without further ado, here's Marilyn. Welcome to the show, Marilyn. It is such a pleasure to have you as our first guest on Awaken the Goddess. Oh, thank you, Trinace. I'm uh, flattered, honored to be here. Thank you so much. Marilyn and I are very good friends, and we've been friends for several years now. She came into my belly dance class back in November of 2011. And since then, we have built such a wonderful bond between us. She definitely is my soul sister. We share a lot of things together. She was there for me during the whole writing process of the book, Doors of Light. And she was the second person that touched the manuscript. My daughter was the first one. And then Marilyn was the one who gave me so much wonderful feedback on the book. Thank you so much, Marilyn, for being here, being in my life, and encouraging me to finish that book, to get it done, to believe in myself that it could happen. And it's been an incredible journey. You yourself have been writing for now more than 35 years. Yes, I can't believe it's been that long. It seems like yesterday, <laughs> but I have been since the early 80s. Just uh, incredible. Yeah. And you write the most incredible children's books. Oh, thank you. My grandson loves PJ Funny Bunny, and he sleeps with them every night <laughs> that he's at my house. He wants me to read PJ Funny Bunny. I don't care which one it is. That's all he wants to read. It's like the rest Aww. of the books are just sitting on the shelf. Aww. Really? I love really hearing that. <laughs> and tell him PJ loves him, too. Yes, he knows. He goes, Auntie Marilyn loves me. Said, yes, she does. <laughs> well, mm. what inspired you to start writing children's books, Marilyn? 
Well, I actually was um, at the time doing some freelance copywriting and through this advertising agency, I got a job uh, creating an annual report for young people for a big conglomerate that was located here in Cleveland at the time called Figgy International. And they wanted a little story that would teach children about economics, which would in turn possibly, hopefully, as far as they were concerned, cause these children to grow up and buy stock themselves in the company. I think that was what was behind their wow. their thinking. And of course, they, they wanted to teach economics to children anyway. And um, so I had to come up with a story that had funny characters, and yet at the same time, would teach uh, a lesson on um, how businesses are started, what it means to own stock in a company. So I created this um, story about, uh, it was called Ump's Flat, and it was about this caveman who played this game with a club and a rock. And he was able to hit this rock further than any of the other players. So they all wanted a club like his. So he began making these clubs, and he built a company, he sold stock. <laughs> the he, beginning of capitalism. Yes, exactly. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so it was actually very successful, and I, I think it's still out there. I, I think it's still being used to teach that's incredible. In, I, I know. I think I, that was an incredible idea. Yes. Really good idea. And that most was, adults don't even know how I to know. purchase stock or anything about the stock market and things of that nature and yes. building a company. And they were teaching children. What was the age group for that? Um, book? I, second, third grade, I think, was the, the that's really the target incredible. audience. Yeah. yeah, I actually learned a lot too, just in researching, and because I didn't know much, but it was fun. And uh, really good. That's that was actually my first children's book, and I had no intention of writing children's books. So it's been a long road since then. What most stands out to me is you being nominated for an Emmy for Handy Man. Thank you. Yeah, that 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 was just incredible. How did that feel? Oh, it felt wonderful. Yes, I I loved the experience. We got to go to um, L.A. and to the Emmys, and although we didn't win, it was just fun to be there and get dressed up. And I was there with Roger Bolin, who was the artist who uh, designed the look of the characters, and we worked on that project together. So we were there celebrating. And that was incredible. Honored I, and I'm grateful. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful experience. Yes, it was. Being nominated is incredible. You have been on this plane giving so much of yourself to the little people, the geniuses that are coming into our world today, and they're able to absorb so much. And, and you give so much joy. You you give so much joy through your books. And I can see it in my grandson because oh, he just loves them. Thank you so much. <laughs> so when you write, do you do you love what you're doing? Do you love writing for children? I do. I do. And I, I don't really think of myself as writing for children. I think of myself as just creating funny characters and telling stories. And, That's and they're, beautiful. They're kind of for me because <laughs> I like to um, make myself laugh. So, yes, I, I really love do what love I do. What you do. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. And you can feel it in the writing. Oh, so what you. are the things you love most about writing? 
I think it's just getting lost in, in this world that you create. And I like to start with a character first because the character is really what drives any story. I like my characters to be quirky, so it's fun to think about that. For me, when you know the character and you've created an interesting, funny character, then the stories just come. They just flow. You you take that character and you'll put him in a situation and... And the story just, it tells me where to take it. So it's actually, once you have that character, it's actually pretty easy. And I think that's that's what I enjoy the most is being surprised myself by, by where the story takes me. It's creating itself and it's just yes. flowing through you. Yes, so I, that- I feel that. In fact, the books that have been most successful for me, I remember that feeling of being in awe or being surprised or not knowing what to expect and then being surprised by it almost as though it really does flow through you. Yeah, it reveals itself you to you. just kind of open yourself up to it. So, yeah, that that's the high. That's the high that I get from writing. So over the past 35 years of writing these incredible children's books you've done, shows for Disney, you just, you have this incredible bio. I love it. What is it about the writing process that you don't like? Yes, I, I, I wish I could write and have it go directly to my audience, but there are, are um, you know, people doing their jobs in between, and I, of course, understand that, but it's, um, it's hard to see your work changed or be asked to change it. So that part is, is difficult. Everybody has a different reason for writing, and your reason for writing children's books joy on the kids faces and their excitement meeting an author it's it's the whole experience is um one that I cherish (laughs) so tell me over the past seven years we've gone through a lot together spiritually we've we've shared a lot of our journey together and how has that spiritual shift in your life affected your writing I don't set out to write a spiritual book when I write for children, but because I have spiritual beliefs that are so integrated and so much a part of who I am, it's hard not to have these sweet, pure lessons come through in the writing. But I, you know, I in the future, I've, I've been thinking about how I would like to set out perhaps to be more intentional about a spiritual message that I want to convey. And I I just have to figure out a way to do that, that feels organic and feels as though it won't lose humor. Right, right, exactly. Well, you were discussing with me some time ago about creating yoga books for children, and I thought that was just a wonderful idea. Are you going to pursue that? Well, I had written a book, but uh, I never quite finished it. I wasn't happy with it. I think I was too focused on the technical side of yoga. However, I, I would like to go back over that book and, and, and have it be more heartfelt, I guess, and uh, make it fun spiritually because yoga really does teach this inner awareness and yeah uh, some wonderful lessons I think that's a great idea 
Yeah. And and meditation is a part of yoga too. Yeah, we're already being shown how helpful it's been uh, for children in in schools to you know be able to focus, Definitely. and calm their minds, and and they really take to it. Oh, they, so quickly they love yes. it. We we did a program last summer at Richmond schools where we actually introduced yoga to the children before mm-hmm. we started our dance class. And it was just incredible to see how calming it was for yes. them. Grounding. And then we yeah. were able to get into dance without so much ruckus. You get them in there, you're trying to teach them dance. They can't focus. So I said, okay, we're just going to start with meditation. And we started bringing the internal light meditation into school. But I'm going to tell you, I saw such a huge shift in the children. It was just incredible. And I still see it in them now. It has lingered. And it actually changed their entire behavior. So yoga and meditation together with children, perfect fit. What is it that you experience spiritually to help to transform your life and start moving you more in the direction? Because as we discussed um, earlier, these last seven years have been really intense. Give us a little bit of an idea of your spiritual journey. Oh, I, I love thinking back on my spiritual journey because you're unaware of it at the time that it is a journey. But I was uh, raised Catholic, so I vividly remember the days surrounding my first Holy Communion. And I fell in love with a nun who was um, teaching us the catechism. And she was beautiful, just beautiful physically and inside. And I, wanted, I thought I wanted to be a nun when I grew up. Although I think I was in a past life with you. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> We've talked, talked about, about that, that in France. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I look at pictures of that day now, and I have this look on my face that's just so serene and at peace. And I remember feeling that way, like I had been touched by by a spirit. But anyway, that was my first encounter. And then when I was 16, I had a friend who gave me an Edgar Casey book. And that was mind blowing at the time. Yeah, I love Edgar Casey. I love studying that as well. Yes. I read every book I could get my hands on. And um, that really shifted my thinking. And the thing that's interesting now when I think back on that was how it felt so familiar to me when I was reading Hmm. the information in the books inside these books. And uh, it was knowledge I already had in me, but had forgotten. Right. So that that was um, a very eye-opening, life-changing. And then jump forward uh, to more recent times when I met you. Mm. That was another big growth spurt for me. And you were always recommending uh, videos on YouTube for me to watch or books to read. And I remember when you introduced me to Abraham Hicks, that was another major shift in my perspective. And whether you believe in something that seems so far out, it was the information that was coming through that really touched me, moved me, and once again, felt so familiar. So I still listen to Abraham. Oh, yeah, I love Abraham. Esther really and Dolores Cannon, they are women who inspired me to step out and not be afraid to be who you are. Stand in your truth, speak your truth with love, and not worry about what other people are thinking about it. So what? They don't understand your journey. It's okay because there are other people that will. And when I first heard 
Abraham being channeled through Esther. I was just in shock because so much of the message resonated with things that Spirit has said to me. And I knew Esther is real because I can tell you what I heard coming through her, Spirit said directly to me. It was being confirmed through an outside source. For me, they just helped give me more courage to speak my truth and to come forward with the book. Everybody comes in your life at the perfect time and the perfect season for you to take your next step. So what were some of the challenges you had to overcome on your path to get where you are now? Throughout my life have been a people pleaser and I considered other people's feelings oftentimes more than my own and, um, wanted to make everyone else happy. Mm -hmm. So that's probably been my biggest challenge. And I'm still not there yet. (laughs) What was it that stimulated that change in you? That you knew it was time to stop trying to please others and realize you needed to make yourself happy? Well, I I ended a marriage where I, I felt that way. And that took a lot of strength. And I think that was the beginning of um, the change for me, because in realizing that took courage and strength to do that, it gave me more confidence. And uh, I just became more aware of, I would ask myself, now, are you doing this because you want to make that person happy? Or is this what you really want to do? So I, I still ask myself, I have to check in once in a while. But um, I've just made a conscious effort to pay attention to that. Is this, is this what my heart desires? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of women struggle with that I, I more so, so than too. men. And I say that simply because of being exposed to a lot of people coming to me for counseling. A lot of women deal with putting themselves last. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so big for me with my belly dance class is that I try to emphasize the women make time for you. Do something for you that makes you feel good because we're always the nurses and the caregivers and your job. Maybe you're a nurse, a doctor, something you're you're taking care of other people all the time. But who's taking care of you? Are you taking care of you? And it just Mm -hmm. has to stop at some point. And you say, I come first. If you're not healthy and happy then how can you make your your family healthy and happy? You're going to transfer that same energy to them. Now tell me, we're we're at the end of the interview, but what is it that you would like to share with the audience? What is the last message that you would like to give to anyone listening that would help them on their spiritual journey? Well, I think it is to follow your heart. And sometimes that is not easy. It takes courage. Sometimes it involves stepping out of your comfort zone. I just recently made the decision to put my house on the market, put everything in storage Mm -hmm. and travel the world for a year, which I'm about to do starting this summer. I suppose that took some courage, but I'm following my heart and uh, my, my possessions. None of that matters. And there's something so freeing about letting everything right now and letting what I have go uh, go to a storage unit (laughs) (laughs) and not think about it for a year and who knows what a year will bring my advice is to to listen to your hearts and follow your dreams and pursue whatever it is you've been planning on pursuing but never got around to 
It's time to live now. Yeah. It's time to live now. And well, thank you so much, Marilyn. You know I love you. Uh, I'm going to miss you dearly. I know. It's going to be so different not having you for lunch and dinner and just having you right here where I can call you up at any moment and have those wonderful sister conversations that we have. Thank you for being a guest on the show oh. and sharing your energy with us. Oh, thank you so much, Trinae. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Awaken the Goddess. For more information on our guest today, please visit us at awakenthehealing.com or follow us on Instagram at awakenthehealing, on Twitter at Awaken for Life, and on Facebook at Awaken the Healing. Please subscribe to our podcast to receive alerts of new episodes. We look forward to sharing more stories of transformation with you and our next episode of Awaken the Goddess.